When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They've eclipsed the media giants. All those organizations are second to a guy on YouTube and six of his friends. This is really the first time where experts who are not employed in the media are doing this live. That wasn't possible in the same way five years ago. Seeing the Mercado Law thing, I thought to myself, I could see this happening a lot more, and in some ways I feel weird about it. I kept thinking, if this thing is the new version of the way people watch things from now on, will there be like an operating room version of this? Does Joe's Garage open up a live stream of them fixing cars? It's like, do you want to get the call? Well, you have to be a person callable. You have to give yourself the chance to get a chance. It all comes back to doing these things that that puts you in a position for something good to happen. Hey, welcome to The Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Mean Something. I am Kevin Lieber. It is TCU night, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. We are live on Discord with our patrons, our dumpster crew, our $2 tots, our infantry our legendary baby gang and creator tier everyone is chilling and some are lurking and with me as always is matthew Tabor. yeah there are a couple lurkers uh, but I'm, I'm i'm proud of them for showing up and you know the step one is lurking isn't it being a creep is pretty much the beginning of everything if you think about it even learning to read you, you crept on somebody else showing you pic- picture books didn't you that's right yeah the little that's caterpillar you know, you weren't just yeah. diving straight into learning about that caterpillar. Somebody had to no, no, no. Had to talk about it, it first. Starts, yeah, it all starts with being a creep. Remember that. If that's one thing you take away in 118 episodes of The Create Unknown, it's be a <laughs> creep. It'll get you places. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of creepy things, before we get into our topic, uh, shout out to Psychic Pebbles, Michael Cusack, yes. and the, the Smiling Friends crew for having a little bit of a teaser, a little 30 second, a little taste dropped just recently from Adult Swim. And uh, I don't know about you, but I rewatched it probably 25 times. <laughs> yeah, I part of me is part of me wishes they dropped like three minutes instead of 30 seconds. But the 30 seconds means that you can just watch it over and over in 10 minutes, you know, so uh, that was good, though. I mean, it just starting out with you kiss your dad on the mouth. Like, I, I, I don't know how long I'm gonna have to wait for the context of that line. But, there may be none. But I'd wait. There may be none. Maybe that's just how the scene starts. It's possible. You know, these guys. Yeah, that could be a, a cold open and just remain a minute. God, that would be amazing. And, and never mentioned again or resolved in any way whatsoever. That's I didn't entirely even think possible. That. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. Uh, I did creep on the Adult Swim YouTube page just to see how, because this was all part of um, some sort of uh, 
Adult Swim Festival promoting different things. I just wanted to okay. see the response to Smiling Friends as it compared to everything else that they dropped. Um, it, it crushed it, man. It did the best, yeah. the most views, kind of by far. It did more views than a than a, a Rick and Morty teaser. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm really, really happy for them because... The hype is real. It's not just this weird little internet niche of people, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans are out there really kind of chomping at the bit for, for smiling friends and the results speak for themselves. Is there any projection on when that's going to drop? I don't, I don't know. Um, when I've asked Zach, he's been a a little vague about it because I don't think that Uh he knew exactly but it it sounds yeah, to me like quite possible since they showed the uh teaser that i'm hoping it's sooner sooner than later maybe next month we'll get episode that two soon? we already My, got episode one was the pilot so oh that's true i wonder if they're going to uh i bet they'll release two you know that's increasingly a thing where a show debuts with two episodes instead of just one yeah uh, that's cool so i can see them reshowing the first one and then having the new episode two well i hope um, I hope it's not that long. I bet it's the spring. Uh, I'd be okay with March. That's my compromise. I don't riot if I get it before March. If April hits, then 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 the protests begin and and it's difficult to I, tell. I think I don't think you'll have to wait that long. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. It'll be okay. it'll be sooner than that. All right. I'm cool. I'm confident. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um something happened recently that, you know, I'd been thinking about as being kind of a weird thing. And I, and I wanted to get your opinion on, because I know it's something that you were checking out. And that was this, uh, for those who aren't in the know or in the United States, there's a a pretty, uh, pretty famous trial going on right now in a court case with this defendant, Kyle Rittenhouse. And a lot of people are talking about it online. What I noticed because you sent it to me actually is that, there was a YouTube channel that was streaming this court case live with yep. a bunch of, uh, um, and, and the person streaming it is a lawyer and then joining him are a bunch of other lawyers. And in real time, you're watching this trial while getting commentary from actual lawyers who can comment on kind of the legal ramifications of what's going on while it's happening. And I thought that that's just kind of sent off some, <laughs> Some synapses in my brain. I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening here? It's big. And I don't think, I don't think a whole lot of people realize how big this is. Um, Some of the detail that goes along with, yeah, Nick uh, Riccada with Riccada Laws, his channel, Riccada Media is, is really the umbrella for it. Um, He's a, he's a lawyer and knows a bunch of other YouTube lawyers. uh, And he put them together as running commentary on on this public trial. So through the whole thing, through um, the actual trial itself, all day long, and uh, now they're doing uh, they're really just talking about the case um, during the jury deliberations and analyzing uh, little things that that come up. Well, could be quite big things uh, since uh, the possibility of a mistrial is at stake. Uh, but but it's it's what Kevin said. You get six or seven very sharp, talented lawyers, uh, to, to do real time commentary and analysis. It's also worth pointing out that 
uh, Nick is really funny. And most of the people who <laughs> he has on the stream also have a really good sense of humor. And mm-hmm. law Twitter is, is a, a bit of a, a, a weird niche that, that you may not run into, uh, unless you're really into it. So, so these names might not, uh, ring a bell, uh, but, uh, uncivil law is on there. Nate, the lawyer is, is on there. Um, good logic, uh, has been on each day. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a spread of people, uh, legal bites, I think as well. Uh, Runkle of the Bailey is, is a Canadian lawyer who I like quite a lot because he focuses on, uh, firearms law. So he's got a unique perspective on a, a trial that, that involves the use of firearms as a, a critical point in it. Um, anyway, six or seven people, all of whom have different opinions, different uh, experiences. Some of these guys are trial lawyer, lawyers. Some of these are civil litigators. Um, then you get people like uh, Runkle who uh, have this, this area of expertise. Now, they just put this together over the public feed of the trial, and it's a Streamlabs kind of thing with talking heads uh, that shrink down when they, they show the courtroom. But here's here's the scale of what's happening. Uh, earlier today, I had it on in the background, and they had 102,000 live viewers. Um, PBS, which has been streaming uh, the courtroom, I don't know, they had maybe half that. Mm-hmm. Um, you get somebody like Ricada Media putting this together, and they have eclipsed in both both as probably four four different areas they've eclipsed the, the media giants the cnns and the fox newses and the pbs uh, all of these people are all those organizations are second to a guy on youtube and six of his friends right. who are more entertaining than anything on tv um their analysis is excellent they aren't constrained by time segments if there's a, a rabbit hole that one of them goes down and it's interesting to the case and they start chiming in. Well, maybe that's a, a 10 or 15 minute detour. You can't do that on network TV. So in, in a way, the format is quite different uh, and it's compelling. People like it. A hundred thousand concurrent viewers on, on, uh, on a trial uh, is, is something else. Um, and I think, you know, this has been a long-winded explanation of it, but I think this is extremely significant in what you could probably call the democratization of expertise uh, that's about to happen on uh, YouTube and Twitch. That is happening on everything. And that was really why I wanted to do an, a whole episode on this, because I think it deserves it, because I don't know who else is going to kind of pinpoint it and, and, and shine a spotlight on what's going on here so i figure like that we should but first of all as far as the people who are doing the the same thing for other news organizations as as compared to this another really important difference that you didn't highlight is that the people who work for those companies are beholden to a lot of other people as far as yeah. what they can and and can't say i mean whether it's their colleagues or their bosses or their bosses bosses or in the case of pbs i don't know if people are familiar with how that works but they're beholden to their affiliate stations you know all that's the way like pbs works it's you know public broadcasting and then there are affiliates all over the country um who is ricada law (laughs) beholden to who are the people uh joining him 
beholden to no one themselves. I'm sure they own their own practices, so they're not going to fire themselves. Like what are their sure consequences for, for screwing up that it's probably a pretty, pretty rare thing to, for them to even have happen. I don't think there's anything that they're not facing by having a YouTube channel anyway. You know, right. all of these people have channels. It's not like the, he just called up lawyers. He knew it's like, no, like I, I mentioned Runkle of the Bailey, he's got 40,000 subscribers or so. And, and, uh, addresses, uh, all, you know, a range of legal topics in videos. So it's just like any other uh, group collab on YouTube. It just happens to be in the context of uh, of law. Uh, uh, Baseweight pointed out in the in the chat too that this is happening on TikTok. You know, there's there's quite a bit of TikTok commentary uh, around this trial, and you know, people have paid close attention to trials many times. The first one. Uh, that was the you know the first real media trial was was the OJ trial where people were watching on TV and we could watch the courtroom. Um, there have been others since, but this is really the first time where where experts who are not employed in the media, who are not media personalities in the traditional sense, are doing this live. Um, that wasn't possible in the same way five years ago. Uh, just getting the, getting the feed and routing it and talking over it is, is, is quite tough. And it's something that Kevin and I ran into uh, a couple of years ago. I can't be specific about it because it's, it's proprietary. Uh, but we talked to a, a company who was really hoping to do exactly this sort of thing with sports. So uh, you like the 49ers, Kevin, you would be able to uh, turn on a 49ers game on Sunday and you do the commentary over top of the game feed. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to, uh, to do that for something like bowling. That would be endless fun to me. I've wanted to do that for like 30 years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and soon I'll probably be able to. Um, but the popularity of it is really what's astounding. Uh, Rick, uh, law has, Oh, I don't know what they started with. Uh, somebody can go on Social Blade and take a look. Um, about an hour ago, I think they hit 300,000 subs. Nick did. Uh, a couple days ago, he was at 240 maybe. Mm-hmm. So he's getting hundreds of thousands of people because that 102 number, that 102,000 that was there earlier, that's just concurrent. You know, he'll put a poll up and it'll get hundreds of thousands of votes because people are in and out. So mm-hmm. literally hundreds of thousands of people are tuning into this throughout the day. Um and and some of them are subscribing uh but it means that they're interested in it they want to do it more than they want to turn on cnn or they think it's better or they think it's easier uh for whatever reason this is the path and and it really hit me when each day i would sit down at my desk for the last week or two and and start working on stuff and i would pop that on in the background because i don't have a tv in here i usually don't have a background stuff. Um, uh, and I used to, you know, I used to like that a lot. Well, it made for a nice background thing that, that ran all day. And occasionally somebody would say something really interesting and that was nice. Uh, so I was one of those people and I thought, oh, I would so much rather do this every day with everything from sports to news to live events rather than watch actual TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, sports is doing this uh, on TV, uh, on Monday Night Football, 
uh, they've been doing on ESPN2, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have been doing this on ESPN2, and they have guests show up. It's the same exact idea. You get to watch the Monday Night Football game through the eyes, essentially, of the Manning brothers and then whatever guests they have, and they just kind of chat and um, and react in real time to the game. The problem with, and the difference between you know sports and this trial is that sports are, are copy the, the the broadcasting of sports is copywritten you cannot do yeah. that like if you tried to stream uh monday night football yourself that's going to get taken down really really quickly and your account Roger will probably Goodell be banned breaks into your house and <laughs> puts a shotgun to your head yes at like 5 a.m on tuesday morning yeah but with the trial it's already public right so they yeah, can yeah, do that like you know it's with 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 trials that's kind of the point it's the state versus kyle rittenhouse that that's how right. that's the nature of of, of the law so i could see this happening a lot i could see this happening more and more it reminded me uh nancy grace for those who are in the <laughs> the u.s made a career as like the court trial woman on television yeah. There's a there's a channel called Court TV. Like basically after the OJ Simpson thing was so popular, there was this kind of that was a bit of a catalyst to to launch a, a lot more of trial stuff on television. But Court it, TV started up around then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just kind of like lit a fire under the idea that, wow, people really want to watch this. But but seeing the Ricada Law thing, it, it was the first time, I guess, since the OJ thing where I thought to myself. I could see this happening a lot more, and in some ways, I feel weird about it. <laughs> I honestly feel strange about uh, kind of what you're talking about, which is making trials entertainment. It opens up uh, all sorts of problems that have been there since that that TV uh, era. And and basically, again, in the chat, points out that the Ted Bundy case was uh, that was covered on tv really for the first time nationally um the oj trial was the everybody knows the the circus around that and what it became and it, it launched all of this stuff so it's not new for uh, people to think about how the entertainment factor fits into <laughs> to the courts and it's crazy because you know you say this one of the things today the judge made it very obvious in this trial um uh, he he made it obvious that he's been reading things about the trial and a couple of them seem to annoy him. Okay. Um, that's, you know, that's weird. That's like, he can go and read somebody's shitty blog post. Uh, and you couldn't do that 30 years ago. You know, maybe you saw something in uh, the nearest city's paper, uh, or if it was a national case, New York times or Washington post or USA today or something. Um, but you know, he can go on Twitter. He can see uh, what people are saying, uh, both supporting him and uh, criticizing him. Um, you know that stuff matters, and of course, they're worried about jurors being being tainted by right. uh, contact with the internet. Really, mm -hmm. um, you know it, it, that's that's a can of worms, and I don't know exactly how anybody deals with that other than fully sequestering themselves. But I wanted to I wanted to probe you on on you saying you were just a little uncomfortable with that what what scares you about it like in particular what do you think is happening here uh i i mean to to take it to its like extreme endpoint what 
what scares me about it is literally just people committing crimes to get the exposure. Like if it turns, like if this continues oh. to snowball where we are, you know, making these trials and, and people involved into celebrity, then that incentivizes people to become celebrities this way that, uh, you know, yeah, that is not really a great thing for people to be like, oh, wow, I could really get famous if I do X, Y, Z horrible thing. And then I'll be, right. you know, everyone will be talking about me, everybody on YouTube and on Twitter and on CNN and Fox News and all the newspapers. We've talked. I mean, that's not a new thing. I guess it just like I was awakened a bit to the idea that it it could get worse uh, in a way yeah. that it, it couldn't before, uh, as we get more and more like culturally kind of addicted. I think everyone would, would agree that we're getting more culturally addicted to, uh, like, like shaming other people or, you know, pointing fingers yes. at the bad people, you know, and, and making ourselves be the good people, no matter like who you are, like we're getting really, really obsessed culturally with pointing out the bad guys and i don't know if this is making any sense but it's like we're no, getting it is. there's like a gamification going on of horrible yeah. tragedy there's a there's a feel to that and i mean that's that's how i feel about most of the political uh channels and streamers um so it, like i'm trying to talk about this as if it's a a, a new phenomenon in a way it isn't because Think about any of the big elections. Um, streamers were uh, putting things like the debates up uh, live and and commenting on them. You know, very similar, uh, taking a public issue and making a thing out of it. But there's a different flavor with the political stuff, right? Uh, and you talk about the heightened <laughs> criticism and detail and all of that um, to to the basic issue. That was when when Columbine happened. Uh, most most people listening are too young to have been like media consumption age when that happened. That that was really the first big question to come out of it was uh, if we've just shown every un mentally unbalanced kid in the United States that they'll become household names if they shoot up their school. Uh, does that should that change the way we we cover the topic? And that's still something that um, the media outlets struggle with. Uh, but the detail part, I, I love the minutia and it can be critical and awful, uh, in this, in this trial, for example, um, uh, one of the, one of the issues today is about two versions of a video, uh, being, uh, being used in the trial. So one is high resolution. One is low, very low resolution. The prosecution gave the low resolution low resolution version to the defense so they had you know something a little bit different to work with and prepared not having the high res thing where you could see more they were at a disadvantage well the guys on the the and and uh and girls on the Ricada law uh, stream you know they start talking about things like well what is the what is the compression algorithm designed to do? What what is the upscaling algorithm designed to do? Does that substantially alter things? I would never think about that, mm -hmm. you know, and they're making fun of some of the people to make it entertaining. And, uh, uh, as they debate these incredibly important points, um, you know, the people screwed up in the trial quite a lot, like as simple as mispronouncing things. So like one of the defense attorneys was talking about 
the algorithms uh, employed in in upscaling, it's really clear that he has no idea how any tech thing works at all. And so he's using the word logarithms instead of algorithms. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's just like head pounding against a desk moment. But you get to see you get to see the reality of this stuff happening in in a trial that will determine how a human's life plays out. Yeah. Uh, this isn't like a burglary trial. Um, you know, this is big one. It's capital murder. So, uh, yeah, I mean that detail, you can get lost in it and it can get frivolous. Uh, the moment, I mean, in, in the Rakata stream points this out all the time. If somebody says something that could possibly be taken in, in the wrong way, um, you know, they point out, it's like Twitter is going to explode over this in three minutes. Well, I go to Twitter and I, I look it up. Uh, the judge made some comment about using the phrase Asian food to describe, you know, something they were eating during their lunch break or whatever. Well, the phrase Asian food offended some people and they were right. Riketa was right. Uh, Twitter exploded about the judge's, uh, insensitivity with, with talking about it. it's fascinating and it's amazing. And I can see getting down a rabbit hole too too weirdly getting too committed to this stuff the way a lot of people do with political um political stuff but boy it's amazing if you can control yourself and you can <laughs> like do it in a healthy way it's a resource that i don't think anybody has ever really seen and it is you know it's law now um but tomorrow it's going to be football and uh, you know everything else where it's possible for uh, these entertaining expert people. Uh, yeah, I mean, imagine that an actual CSI stream where it's like right. people show up, there's a murder, and we're just live streaming <laughs> the investigators, like examining the crime scene. That, But, you know, to play devil's advocate to myself for a second, uh, a benefit of this could be, you know, if, if anybody's been watching Vsauce 2, in the past couple of months, they've noticed that we've been talking about instances of injustice in which crimes occurred and, uh, you know, innocent people went to jail because of some sort of mistake that happened along the way, whether it was with the, um, the prosecution or the actual investigators, the FBI, in the case of the Brandon Mayfield uh, fingerprint video, if you watch that. I don't know, maybe in some ways the attention getting um spread in such a way will allow more people to see what 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 mistakes are made along the way so it's not all happening in the dark ultimately may maybe it is a good thing in that it could uh it just gives more exposure to the mistakes that are made along the way so that maybe they don't happen as much i mean maybe if more let's say budding lawyers or current lawyers can listen to smarter and more experienced lawyers than them commentate on a channel, then they'll learn something that they won't mess up when they go to trial. You know, maybe kind of like the, that democratization of expertise lifts is the boat that lifts all the tide that lifts all boats and people get smarter as a result. That's my, that's my devil's advocate to myself. I think that's, that's a factor here. And I also think, um, I also think they're going to get a little bit scared, and I think that's actually a feature and not a bug. Do you know how terrifying it, it must be um, 
you know, we, we record live, but if there's some bizarre thing that happens, we can always edit that out. You'd think that there would be tremendous pressure on these people to get it right, to say algorithms and not logarithms to, uh, handle again, firearms are a, a, a thing in this trial to handle a gun correctly in the courtroom because millions of people are watching you. You'd think that you'd want to get that right. And the pressure to do that would be tremendous because the fallout is tremendous. When you blow it, you become a meme. Mm -hmm. Um, The prosecutor in this trial, uh, my feed was filled with memes about him for how he handled uh, a a gun in the courtroom. Um, And uh, there are plenty of memes about the defense as well. Uh, You know, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) <laughs> putting putting a spotlight on what everybody does you can't get it wrong and the people who do get it wrong uh are are going to pay the price for that um i think it works with with the live commentary too uh, but i think this is a, a massive opportunity for how we think about doing stuff online um we've talked so much about sitting down and making a thing for people to consume. And we've talked to some streamers. We've talked to people who, who are live, uh, as, as a thing, you know, they do it with games or, uh, hanging out, just anything, but it's about to be viable. (laughs) It's really close, uh, to being viable, uh, to comment live on all manners of life and have people, uh, be into that or not pay attention to you at all based on the quality of what you're doing. That opportunity has happened a couple different times historically. And in the internet era, uh, when HTML was really simple, it was plausible to make a website with very little training. It wasn't going to be a good website, but uh, you could do it. You could kick around uh, with the basics and 48 hours later have, have a web page. Then 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 you could do that with writing. Anybody could have a blog. All of a sudden, it wasn't just uh, journalists. It wasn't opinion writers. It wasn't authors. Everybody could do it. And if what you were writing was was useful, if there was an audience for it, then all of a sudden you're a thing. You mm-hmm. know, you've got you've got something going. And then that happened with video with YouTube. And it's been it's been building and building and building with live stuff beyond games, beyond just making it like you're in the room with somebody this just uh, happened with, in comedy element. sorry to cut you off but this exact thing no, no, you're no, talking about happened with um uh michael Che. michael Shea. yeah it, it, the guy from snl yeah so um okay i don't know comedian I michael che, i think it's Che, uh, okay. and another comedian tim dylan were fighting on twitter and this right. was the argument exactly what you're talking about was Michael Che was basically saying like uh, he he is uh, one of the head writers or he's very high up on SNL on Saturday oh. on Saturday Night Live, which is, you know, considered by, uh, I don't know, historically by anyone in the last 40 or something years to be like whether you like the show or not is not relevant to the fact that Saturday Night Live is one of one of That's the on top comedy places to be right it's, it just it just is what it is it's like writing comics for the new yorker like we talked to jose arroyo yeah yeah and it was a huge deal to jose to get comics Old standard in the new yorker 
Whether or not you think New Yorker comics are funny, I mean, there was a whole Seinfeld episode making fun of the fact that the New Yorker <laughs> comics make no sense and aren't funny. Um, doesn't matter. The fact is they are the gold standard, the New Yorker comics. Well, SNL is pretty much the gold standard for just comedy on on television. And Michael Che, Michael Che, I don't know why I keep stumbling on that last name. I'm just not sure how to say it, is, is like the guy yeah, there right now. And okay, okay. Tim Dillon is a comedian who is like internet famous or whatever. He has a big following on the internet. And that was the argument. Michael Che was basically saying like, hey, I did it the way that people respect, essentially. Like I'm the I'm the guy that and and everybody knows I'm the guy. You are just some internet guy who like made up his own audience, which anybody can do, which is in some ways uh, right and in other ways uh, wrong. It doesn't make it easy. Um, The opportunity, uh, the barriers to entry are you know, different, but you know, actually right. gaining a following of a hundred thousand people is very hard and very few people do it. Anyway, that was the argument. Uh, and then, you know, Tim Dillon comes back basically saying like your lofty position means nothing because nobody really <laughs> likes you. And meanwhile, I yeah. can like sell out, you know, arenas or whatever, whatever, you know, his argument was. He's, he's got a million patrons who, uh, who are expressing every single month they want to continue to support his comedy. That's a, that's a real argument uh, for him to point out. I mean, it's tough to, to snap back, but this, it, you know, and this has happened several times too, where this was the blogging thing, like actual (laughs) employed writers for years, shit on bloggers. Right. And I was one of them. You know, I, I mean, I was writing about education related things despite having no formal qualifications in education. And, and I was young as well. Most of the people in that game are quite a bit older, you know, and I was in my early twenties doing a thing that I, to them, I had no business doing. Well, there were a lot of people like me and guess what? People liked me a shitload more than they liked them because they were old (laughs) and boring and sucked. (laughs) Uh, that's why I have a career and those people are hoping to God that they don't get downsized, uh, in the next, like at the next shareholders meeting for their failing shit newspaper. Um, (laughs) if they haven't already, but that same moment is happening now. And when that question even comes up, it's over. It is absolutely over. The fact that, uh, if, if Michael Shea slash Shea, uh, has to defend his status, the second he even has to defend it, it's gone. And that, that moment has passed. Tim Dillon wins. I don't even like Tim Dillon very much. I like that, you know, Crypt Daddy, I think, has uh, done some back and forth to Tim, D- Tim Dillon. I think they're allies. That's very cool. I support him. I don't, I don't really like Tim Dillon, though. Um, but he's won. There's no question uh, that SNL loses uh, just by virtue of having to, to defend themselves. Uh, and that's, that's what we're at right now. When the question comes up, the shift is happening. And when a, a guy like Nick Riketa uh, can put together a suicide squad of experts uh, and just bust out in real time, literally flip a switch, click some buttons and broadcast to 100,000 people, then PBS has lost. And the people on the creative side need to recognize the tremendous opportunity to be Nick Riketa. To be Tim Dillon, to be any of these people uh, who are replacing uh, the 
the traditional way of doing what they do. Vsauce has usurped, I don't know, I, I can't even name uh, a similar thing. Um, but, but it's but not, you're no, saying it's not that Bill Nye anymore. Is the that? position that they hold, if, if it were truly uh, a position of strength, then it would be understood that they wouldn't even have to defend it because inherently yes. everyone will agree. Um, it would be yes. like some somebody. It would be like LeBron James having to explain to somebody that he's better at basketball. It's like no, right. LeBron James doesn't have to do that. He is better at yeah. basketball, and everybody agrees. Or it would be like him saying, him justifying that the NBA is the top tier of basketball. Well, no kidding. Right. There is not <laughs> right, a viable right. like rival to the NBA. There is no viable thing at all. Right. Just not on any real scale. It's not a question. I'm not saying the lesser things are, aren't cool. They are. I follow a bunch of them. Uh, but come on. They're not the same thing at all. Well, right. uh, funny guys on Twitter are <laughs> making the, the foundation of SNL crumble. And uh, Nick Riccata is even making... A court TV, which is a network designed to do the type of stuff that they are all doing, making that foundation crumble. That's crazy. The Mannings are uh, adding to, but also in a way, um, spreading Monday Night Football thinner in that sense. It's not this uh, total behemoth on Monday Night Football. They're doing a project related to it in addition to If it. they were really confident about Monday Night Football, they would need to do this is 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 my perspective on it like if they were really confident that a gabillion people are going to watch monday night football why spend all the money paying peyton and eli and all these people to do a whole other yeah. simulcast of it which has got to cost mm -hmm. so much money well they're a not lot, yeah. they're not because i know just over the years monday night football has gotten raked over the coals for how terrible their commentary teams are for a really long time and they keep firing and firing missteps. and hiring new people and replacing people. They have tried so many. Oh my gosh. It, there should be a documentary just on Monday night football announcers over the past like 20 years because like de <laughs> they tried like Dennis Miller at one point, Tony Kornheisen. That's right. T Tony Kornheisen yeah. at one point. Um, you know, John Gruden was there for a while. Who's now completely right, yeah. like besmirched and just out of the league. Uh, and has nothing to do with the NFL. Uh, it's like its own little dumpster fire. And because it's, it's a dumpster fire, they started bringing in Peyton Manning and Eli to have another simulcast, like another version of the show for people to watch, just hoping like, okay, if the people don't want to watch the regular game, maybe they'll watch this version of it. Yeah. So either way, yeah. it, it's it's proving your point which is like the other thing uh, is powerful and new and needed. And I kept thinking, you know, if the, if, if this, if this lawyer thing is the new version of the way people watch things from now on, will there be like an operating room version of this where you can watch people perform surgeries and then other doctors are commenting on it? Or, you know, does, does Joe's garage open up a live stream of them fixing cars and other people yeah. can watch and talk about like how they're working on this powertrain or whatever. I don't know anything about cars, but it's like, no, this but you is can do going to continue facet. happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've thought about it with, um, with winter coming, you know, I want to do a, a bit of streaming. I, I want to 
pretty much live stream uh, cataloging all the stuff that I have and cleaning it and, and whatever, because I like thinking about all the little pieces, like I'll get something and then look something up and, and read about it for five, 10 minutes. It would be cool to talk about that as I do it. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be rambling over antiques and not, not a hundred thousand people are going to tune into that. I recognize that, but it might be two and I'm happy to hang out with two or three people I like. Um, it's that same kind of thing, uh, opening up a process that would have been private or inaccessible, uh, you know, and, and just doesn't have to be now. And there is a big difference between something of public national and sometimes international importance. That's one thing versus, uh, me going through a bunch of old tractor magazines. These are not the same thing, uh, when you compare them, but, but in a way they are. And there are so many people who we talk to, like in the Discord, I don't, I don't mean interview people on, on this podcast. I mean, talk to throughout the day because we know them, we're friends with them, uh, whether it's people in the Create Unknown community or in group chats and Twitter, whatever, who know a bunch of stuff. They like something a lot. They can be entertaining talking about it. Uh, I'd start that now if I were interested in doing doing more of it, because I think I think this is just starting to open up and waiting a while to to do live commentary on, you know, really anything. Um, yeah, you're going to be playing catch up if you if you dawdle and uh, get started in, in a year from now. Um, I would do it now. I would do it probably badly. It's going to be a disaster if I start streaming. uh if I start streaming, dealing with, with my garbage here, it's going to be stretches of boredom and, and awful content. It's going to take me a long time to get used to how to do it. So it's going to be terrible for you too, probably. Um, you know, if you're doing your sports stream or your live sewing, whatever, I don't know. Um, but I'd start it and I'd get some of the kinks worked out now. It's going to be amazing. The opportunities are going to be amazing a year or two from now. Well, because you never know, because look at what happened with this Ricada Law thing. All of the people yeah. that were on that stream had absolutely no idea that this was going to happen, that, that they were going to be invited onto a live stream of a trial that has like, you know, national focus and that it would elevate them to be involved. They don't get that call. Unless they're already one of the guys or one of the girls who's talking about law on YouTube. They don't get that call. Right. They have established How in the world are you ever yeah. going to get the call? And that's really the question. It's like, do you want to get <laughs> yeah. the call? Well, you have to be a person callable. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You have to give yourself the chance to get a chance. Yeah. That's, that's something that I think has come up when we've talked to a lot of different people in different ways. Talking to Jose last week uh, about this, he goes nowhere, or at least not, not at the speed that he did, if he doesn't just say, I will fax my idiotic jokes to Jay Leno, and uh, one out of 200 are going to interest him. He, he gave himself a chance for somebody to find him funny and then pay him for it. Yes. There are a lot of other ways to go about, about comedy stuff. You know, and we've talked about it and to so many people, uh, 
But he he was really into maximizing his chances to get a chance. And then after a while, he got a chance and then another one. Now, I started working with you because uh, I would talk to you about scripts and and be like, oh, here's here's something that you could go deeper into and, you know, wrote that out, did the research on it, whatever. Yeah. Well, that gave me a chance to get a chance later on. Yeah. And I think right now, people who want to who want to do live stuff like this, if they start now, they will have a chance to get the call like you're talking about. Yeah. Have the chance for something to blow up. Now, I think that all of these people involved uh, in the Ricada Law Stream, I think they knew that their communities were going to like it. That's, mm-hmm. that's what they do. Uh, they have decent communities built on exactly this sort of stuff. But I don't think they had any idea that hundreds of thousands of unique viewers were going to tune in every single day to listen to them. No. They there's no way they could have they could have predicted that. Uh but just by doing it they gave themselves the chance for the the stars to align a little bit. Yeah. Um so yeah, it all comes back to doing these things that <laughs> that put you in a position for something good to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's really kind of like a undersold idea. I mean, even on this podcast, we've been doing this for years, and I don't think we've really articulated it in such a way where it's like, look, do you want an opportunity? You have yeah. to to give yourself an opportunity to get that opportunity. They don't just come out of thin air. It would how, how would that even possibly happen? It makes no sense. Like you have to be in some sort of game to be called into a different game. You gave yourself a chance. For something good to happen because you put on a Budweiser sweatshirt and stuffed <laughs> a, a pillow under it. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't make those Julius Bloop videos, if you don't make goofy stuff, uh, little songs and comedy, just fun stuff that people could notice, um, you never get the call. You no. gave yourself a chance for something really good to happen and it did. Yeah. Yeah. Michael saw that and said, hey, this guy will do stuff. And, and that was what it took. That's all it it's takes. Like, I, yeah, That's I, all it takes. You are right. I will do stuff. And I'm still doing stuff 10 years later. So Ben and Dan work on this podcast, right? So it, Ben and Dan both did stuff that made us think of them when when we needed things done. I mean, it's not like we placed an ad somewhere and went through 100 applications. Yes. It wasn't like that. It's like, no. <laughs> right. You can go to LinkedIn.com or LinkedInjobs.com slash create for a free job posting all this month. Um, but uh, no, they did something that, yeah, that, that put them on our radar and and something happened. Now, they probably both regret any involvement with this podcast, but that's their problem now. It never was our problem. Uh, <laughs> but that's the pipeline. You've got to show up. You got to do something, and it can. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be. Now, I've talked about this with uh, on We TV. Matthew Winter, massive friend of this podcast. I really love the guy. Um, if if you don't know him, uh, on We TV has been going for a lot of episodes, and he's going to get a call at some point to be a producer for somebody because he's put out like two hundred thirty, two hundred fifty episodes of a thing reliably and it's high quality he doesn't have an audience of a million people that doesn't matter at all he's on so many people's radar for being a funny guy who's easy to work with easy to talk to no complaints about him 
uh, and has this massive body of work that is going to give him a chance. Mm -hmm. It's going to come because he's just plain done something. Yeah. I have, I would bet a kidney on this. And if I, (laughs) if I'm, if I'm wrong, I, I still have another kidney, so it's not as high risk as it sounds, but (laughs) I really would bet anything on Matthew winter or the Ennui TV guys, man, something is going to pop for them hard because they've given themselves a chance to a degree that most people haven't. And you can't plan for it. That's the other thing. Like you don't know what it's going to be. The point is just to, to be in some kind of game because someone will call you into their game. Uh, that might be a totally different game. I mean, look, making educational YouTube videos, it's still it's similar to making comedy videos, but it's a different type of game. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I got called into that. And was happy to play that game because it's like, all right, I like I like this game. This is a good game. I would like to continue playing this game. Um, But yeah, you just don't know what game you will be called in to play. So play something. But overall, I just wanted to pop in here and talk about this Rakeda thing because I just I see this as being kind of a new game. Like I keep we keep talking about games that you don't know that will exist. I see this as a new game that exists it now is. for people to play that, you know, nobody really could have imagined in such a way. And I it's see it happening new. in. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's under the it radar. It looks so man. similar. It is. And it looks so similar to what people have done with with politics um, and even watching even watching shows, uh, watching shows and commenting. Over, it looks really similar to that. It would be really easy to dismiss it and say. All right, a bunch of people got who do a thing got together to talk about that thing, and a lot of people watch. Well, that's true, uh, but I think it's a bit more complex than that, and this is signaling something uh, that's I don't know if it's going to be a tidal wave or uh, something that seeps in and, and saturates. But uh, I, I'm really confident in everything that you've said about it. I think is accurate. Um, Man, it's a thing and it's different and you should get out and and do something, ramp it up, give it a shot and put yourself in a position for an amazing thing to happen. Uh, in in uh, Riketa's case, you now he's a big channel before all this. It's not like he was a, a complete nobody. Um, oh, which reminds me, I wanted to say this a long time ago when I was talking about the networks. Uh, I don't think people realize that CNN hasn't been around forever. There was a point at which CNN was an absolute zilch zero of a news network. Nobody cared about CNN. Nobody took it seriously. They happened to, uh, to, to make a very long story short, when the first uh, uh, Gulf War, hap- Persian Gulf War happened, uh, that must have been 1991, CNN found themselves as being the only news network that had uh, communications out of Baghdad. Oh, weird. All of a sudden, yeah, it, it like it's it's a great story. There's a, a a good movie about it with Michael Keaton where he plays the guy who uh who made that happen. Well, all of a sudden, CNN was the only game in town to report live from Baghdad. Uh that happened because they were working hard in Baghdad. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't exist uh, unless you give yourself a chance to do that. And then Years later, CNN is is in that that opening breath when somebody talks about the news, and now they're <laughs> now we're making fun of them for being lame traditional media. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but they got they got a tremendous break because uh, they did a few things right and a few things went their way. Uh, they the same thing happened here with uh, with Riketa, where they were you know that's a great channel. It's a really good channel, and it was before this. But uh, two three hundred thousand unique viewers a day were not tuning in uh, for hours at a time. Um, no. This is a a moment, sort of an inflection point on on the whole YouTube and streaming and content creation, uh, whole world of it. Uh, and I don't know exactly how to describe it. We've tried, you know, we both poked at it and, and stumbled around it and tried to express it the best we could. But, but I think it's clear that something important is happening with this. Yeah. And the, the last thing I wanted to say is that it doesn't matter if you think your, your thing is boring because think about how boring law is. I mean, I know, I know that like you can make law exciting in TV and film, but yeah. in actuality, it's literally just like looking up old cases and like endless uh, reading and you're just sitting there like sifting through papers and it's a boring job, it blows. but yeah. guess what? They found a way where their expertise, which is really boring, mm -hmm. is extremely entertaining in this in this format, like in this, yep. through this prism, the thing that they do that off camera is like gruelingly slow and uninteresting, all of a sudden is entertaining hundreds of thousands of people. So that's, that's something exactly else that I wanted to highlight. Too. No, that's important uh, because there have been parts where you, you don't know the, you don't know the behind the scenes uh, that, that leads to something like emotion for uh, one of the lawyers to file. I mean, very, very few people understand the intricacies of that. I don't, you know, at all. Um, but what happens is this tedious, boring, uh, multiple person effort, that was probably a scramble because they're reacting to something that's just happened in the trial. Well, the people on this law stream can detail why that's so boring, why that's so hard. They're like, here's what's happening here. You know, have that breakdown moment. And Kevin, you and I have talked about Tony Romo doing this with football. Oh, yeah. Better than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. Uh, where he will analyze and break down a thing that you wouldn't even see. You wouldn't even think to look for it. And usually it's an extremely mundane thing. But him analyzing it in such a way that it's exciting, it, like it's counterintuitive that he can make the boring thing interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what's happening on these law streams is uh, it's 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 just crazy like it, it's hard to describe how mind-blowing it is to have knowledgeable people dissect a thing uh that that you don't know about no and that a lot of people are talking about that also don't know anything about <laughs> i mean this is the one other last right. thing i guess i'll say is that it is uh there are like a handful of things that people for some reason are really comfortable being very definitive in their like opinions on that they know absolutely nothing about. And law is definitely one of them. Like, like people do not know how complex law is where even when you have a bunch of lawyers in the room and they know like this case law and like this precedent and all this stuff that they're referring to, they're deep in the weeds in the minutia arguing over like, well, you can do this here and you can't do this here. So that element of it, I actually think is really interesting because you're like, okay, at least these people 
know what they're talking about. Whereas you go on Twitter and you're just like inundated with people making insane declarations where you're like, you don't know anything about any of this. It's like law and economics are the two things that (laughs) people are so confident about and yet know next to nothing actually about. And immovable, immovable on their beliefs. I I think I retweeted this, uh, an article about specifically with economics that people being presented with very solid clear evidence uh, against an economic belief that they hold, they don't change their minds. No, they really do not. Like it's extremely difficult to get them to uh, even consider something a a different way. Uh, So you do get a lot of that people screeching about it. So putting a panel together that doesn't, doesn't always agree. I mean, Riketa is not bringing people on who are openly hostile to him. You know, he has a certain point of view with interpreting the law. And it's not like everybody on there is in step with him. They do disagree in a, in a healthy way. And right before we started recording, uh, I mentioned Nate the lawyer. He was he was just f- straight up discarding uh, a, a comment that uh, Good Logic made, um, and that was fascinating. It was like, okay, these are two super knowledgeable people who see this one thing two different ways, and we're witnessing that back and forth. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. We have a couple of questions and then we are out of here. If you want to hit those up, Matt, we've got some quick ones here. Uh, I like this one from Gasau. What occupation that doesn't currently get streamed would you not ever want to see streamed in the future? So like right now you can't go on Twitch and see a colonoscopy. (laughs) Do you want to make sure? (laughs) Oh man, we both went, went there in our brains immediately, just straight into colonoscopy, straight into like the butt camera. Yeah. They show that on TLC though. I mean, people do, they are interested in, in like in butt cameras, you know, and in all manners of awful things. God, Dr. Pimple Popper. That I hate that. I hate popular. all of that stuff. I, I hate, hate it too. Dr. Pimple Popper. It's disgusting to me. I'm squeamish. At, you know, I mentioned like live streaming surgery. I'm squeamish to that. I don't like anything. I get really freaked out once I start seeing like the insides of people. Like I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> I, I just, I know what's in there. It's a bunch of goop and organs and like blood and muscle. Uh, I don't want to see it. Uh, even oh, though, you know, okay. I'll play, I'll play violent video games and watch violent movies and like, that's fine. It's, it's, it's fantasy. <laughs> it's fake. Like I know that it's fake, but you know, flipping through the channels and you see like some, somebody being cut open. Uh, I am not, I'm not big into that. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the people who can do that for a living. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let me just slice this, this guy open and, you know, shove my hands in his abdomen like and move stuff around like that's amazing to me i could never do that and i have a lot of respect for the people who can we can we can discard the things that that exist and we can also discard criminal things so like we we probably shouldn't stream murders you know Um, yeah no so so once we've taken away things that exist and uh, criminal stuff. What what are we banning? What's the one thing that we need to make sure nobody ever sees on stream? Um, <laughs> um I I don't it's know. Be something. I, um, all I the things that I can think of are TV shows or something. You know, like 
think of dirty jobs with Mike Rowe, all the horrible things that uh, gets get put on that show. You know, you like you wouldn't want to see like sewage cleaning up and close, but that's exactly what that show does. This is a challenge. Yeah, that stuff doesn't bother you me. Have to think about that one. For me, it's really like the surgery stuff I don't like and popping pimples I don't like. If there was some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, like live streaming of like spiders breeding, I'd have a big problem with that. So what I'm hearing is YouTube science man hates science. <laughs> yeah. Anything to, to ban do with all science media, anything to do with science, just ban all that. Ban it. It's disturbing. <laughs> well, Jelksies asks, we're swinging back to positive on this. What streamed activities do you like the best? Now, I have an answer for this. I don't know how much streaming you watch. Almost none. Uh, the one thing that I do that is like a streaming thing that I always do watch is I really like when um, Nintendo has their Nintendo Directs and PlayStation has their oh yeah PlayStation, whatever they call it. But they'll, that's like a live yeah. stream event where they'll announce new video game stuff and it's like a little bit of a show. Um, I, I really like that. I like that so much better than if they just really like drop that as a YouTube video. I don't know. The fact that it's like a streaming yeah. event it's makes event. it more yeah. interesting in a way that I think is 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 fun. So I, I like those a lot. was like that years ago where it was like a three-day event that you, you looked forward to for many months. Because everybody's new... watching it at the same time. So you get to see like, yes, like yes. Twitter reacting to, oh my God, this, or like this looks like crap or, you know, whatever. It makes it, yeah, an event and that is fun. Yeah. Well, I like... You know, I like people talking uh, who are uh, when when they're sharp people. Uh, Scott Adams streams at 10 a.m. Eastern almost every morning, uh, and he's just an entertaining talker, you know, whether you agree with him or not. And so I like popping that background stuff on. But also, Jelksies, you asked this question. Uh, the other thing I like is watching people play games because I myself don't really do it. So I've watched your streams, Jelksies, and liked it. Uh, because you're playing, you're, you're playing games that I hear about. I read about people talk about, and it's, it's so foreign to me that it makes it super entertaining. Um, and it's like that with a bunch of the people, uh, in the discord because discord, you know, shows when, when somebody's live or if they're playing a game or something like that. So it's easy to, to lurk in, uh, and creep, but I really like the gaming stuff. Uh, I am going to look though. I'm going to look for more streams like uh, like what Riketa is doing, and I hope that YouTube prioritizes them properly in search because it's it's really opening a door that's that's interesting. Because um, right now I do listen to a bit of commentary and watch uh, watch games when I'm doing something else. But yeah, I would love these master classes in analysis of all manners of things. Even stuff I have no interest in, it's going to be interesting hearing somebody talk um, in that much detail. So that's where I'm at on it. Uh, Gasau had another question that that really is quite good to to your point um, near the beginning about the gamification and celebritification, celebrityifying of these people and uh, you know th this trial and all that. Um, but he asked what your view is of people who go through older footage in his case he's saying interrogation footage and analyze it that sounds almost netflixy to me doesn't it i mean you always see that on uh like the first 48 which is a show that there are a million episodes of they'll, they'll show the interrogation footage um i believe that 
there must be some sort of like rights issue with that because on the first 48, sometimes they will blur and mask the voice of the person being interrogated. Sometimes they won't. So it seems like they have to sign a release in order to like, that's not just like public footage. I don't think if it were public Mm -hmm. footage that you could just, anybody could gain access to. I don't think that they would blur and mask the voice, uh, of the people being interrogated the way that they do. So if someone signed a release and said, yeah, sure. I don't care if people watch this of me, then I don't have a problem with that. If they didn't, and it wasn't like blurred and their voice sounded like Darth Vader, um, (laughs) (laughs) then I would have a problem with that. It's just like a rights issue, really. A privacy issue. I'd like to watch videos like this because we've talked since uh, some of the Vsauce 2 videos lately have have been Vsauce takes on on crimes. We've talked a little bit about this in in the last uh, few weeks um, because fascinating things happen with these interrogations. Like it's fascinating to see how somebody confesses to something they didn't do and and hear the analysis of like here's how they broke down and thought it was going to be better for them to just say what the police were telling them to say that kind of thing. And also, uh, implanting false memories. We talked about that a few days ago. It's really fascinating to see somebody slowly believe something that never happened. And I don't know how you can really show that without going over interrogations. Um, well, there's yeah, a, yeah, there's I, a minefield episode on that. I don't remember off the top of my Who head. Who watches that? What? Uh, Vsauce fans, fans of the sauce. (laughs) I don't remember what episode. And that's all free now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody can watch all the minefields now. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, oh, some of these are incredible. And there's one on yeah, how easy it is to uh, implant false memories. I I just recall them like sitting on a park bench and talking to somebody and trying to explain to them how that when they were a kid, they something happened to them on a playground. I don't know. Some people didn't fall for it, and it was hard. Uh, uh. It wasn't like a 100% success rate. Like some people didn't go for it, but I mean, they did it to a handful of people and like one or two of them did. And then eventually they're like, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like something that probably happened. I don't know. Like the malleability of the human mind and memories is definitely frightening. And that was the whole, the whole um, coercion to to confession is the whole uh, issue behind the Brendan Dassey Right, making a murderer. Uh, making yeah. a murderer Netflix documentary is uh, Brendan Dassey. They uh, the documentary makers make it seem like that's the that he was coerced, and who yeah. knows? I don't know. I think that they've tried well, to get it's one of those examples, that, but they've been unsuccessful. Yeah, you saying that? Yeah, twenty thirty years ago, we generally didn't know the intricacies of this until uh, some cases in the eighties really blew up and crime TV and all of that happened. And now we have a sense of it. Like two guys, you and I, who have no connection to the discipline of, of, uh, law enforcement or law. We know that it's, it's delicate to talk to somebody because they can, they can, uh, be lured into a false confession or, uh, make up something without even, even meaning to, we know that 30, 40 years ago, the average person probably didn't realize it was like, no, just be like, no, that's, I'm sure it happens every once in a while, but you know, no, we, we know that it's common. Uh, and that's probably a very beneficial thing that there's greater awareness on that. And fewer people are making, uh, making errors with it uh, in those mm-hmm. cases. But as we've seen from these last few videos and, and looking at other topics that 
that you want to make a video about. Uh, there's no shortage of the errors and uh, the pipeline of screw ups due to total ignorance of very basic things is is not getting shut off anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. And there will be uh, there are several Vsauce 2 videos in the pipeline as we speak that will detail those uh, in an entertaining fashion for your eyeballs and your earballs. But earballs. Yeah, uh, I think that the theme of this episode really isn't about the law thing at all. It's really about making no. yourself call a bull. If you want to get the call and you want to get the opportunity, you have to be call a bull and keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. And whether you know you are um, uh, a fence digger and you're really you know you just dig fence holes all day and you you put up fences, I don't know. Maybe that's something that people will be interested in at some Stream point. Them. Who knows? Stream oh, your fence building. I got. I got to say this. Uh, I was talking earlier about weird poll and how that's one of the channels that, um, that I've watched as a percentage of somebody's videos, a, a pretty high percentage of, uh, another one in the last year is a guy named Keith Kalfas, uh, who is, he has a landscaping business and I found him, uh, looking for different methods of uprooting trees and, and removing stumps on a video of his. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> of course this is what you do. Uh, yeah. Well, he's got this, this channel where he's constantly talking about like, here's what you need to do to have a successful landscaping business. I watch a lot of these. I have zero interest in a landscaping business. I'm I have no plans to do it. I don't want to do it. However, <laughs> um, it's it's him talking about the thing he knows and being really engaging with it. Yeah. And that's not that far from a fence building thing. It's, if no. somebody uh no, it's perfectly viable that you could have like a toenail removal channel. <laughs> and if you're engaging with it, people are gonna like it the Dude, same way that I watch. That lady was Keith popping Kelfus. pimples and now she has a TV show about popping she pimples. Has an empire. An empire. An absolute empire. Like, yes. What are we even talking about? Like, let's just go back to that yeah. lady, Dr. Pimple Popper. Like, oh, look, right. if, if you haven't Ugh. been inspired by that, then <laughs> oh my God. Like anything is possible at this point. Truly. Yes. Truly. Yes. Um, all right. We are out of here. Thanks to all of our patrons for hanging out. Thanks to all of our lurkings, lurkers for peering through the window for sitting up in the tree with a pair of binoculars and, 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 and gawking at us through our window. Uh, we will be back next week for Friendsgiving. It's, it's Thanksgiving. We like That's to right. do a little Friendsgiving thing uh, the night before Thanksgiving. So join us for Friendsgiving. We'll be here. Until then, see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and a congratulations to the listeners who made our Save the Babies Drive a success. Many new $2 Tots and Dumpster Crew members, you have saved tiny little lives. A tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang. Trevsdead, Boromir, Bot Dogs, Chinchilla, Cat, Isaac, Conrad, James Gallagher, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and our newest sweet little babies, Dojangles and the Catboy Latermint. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry, Jen Mafasanti, Kevin with an E Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Monahim, and the newest recruit, Private First Class Ryan Kinder. Thank you to our producer and editor, Ben Webster, and our social media manager, Dan Yoshua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. <laughs>